0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Go ahead and make your way to your seats. Oh, hello, Andy. Welcome to church. Andy is my other half. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but we are all a part of the body, right? And some of us are hands and some of us are feet. And Andy and I, we're the armpits. Right Andy? Am- armpits are very necessary. Yes. She told me that one day. She said that somebody told her that she was the armpit and then she realized I was the other armpit. I'm like, I love it. Bring it. And this is why I get along better with men, ladies. <laughs> because I am a twelve year old boy trapped in a woman's body. I love being a woman, but my humor doesn't always make sense. Anyway, so we're going to get started. We'll go ahead and pray first. And actually, the first song that we're going to do, um, I really just want you to sit. I want you to sit, and I want you to receive. It's not necessarily a song to sing. You're welcome to sing if you want to. Um, but I know that we. some of us has probably been heavy, and for some of us, there's probably been some chaos and just all kinds of things, so um, I'm going to pray first, and then I'm going to sing a blessing over you. Jesus, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would remind us that you are here. You are with us, not just here. That you're with our friends in countries far away. That you're with them as they do the things that they have to do to fight the battle to survive. I just pray, Lord, that we would um, we would enter in, and we would remember that we are not helpless. That we and bring all of our concerns and worries to you. We can help to fight the battle with our worship and with our interceding and in prayer. So I just pray, Lord, this morning that you'd help us to enter into your space.
1: We're supposed to do something. Um, uh, Might be a little uncomfortable for some of the folks I'm going to talk about, but that's okay. Um, I feel like we're supposed to, anybody who would like to, um, who is under like 18 years old, I want you to come forward and we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. I feel like we're supposed to just ask the Holy Spirit to fall on you and. And bless you and be with you. So, if you are here and you're under 18 years old, I'm going to invite you up front, if you're willing. No takers so far. I don't have candy to offer you or ice cream. Just some prayer. Good job, guys. All right, get on up here. Ooh, and a Nirvana shirt. Nice. Cat, older than 18. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay so we have these three brave souls now if I could have some folks come up and lay hands on them and pray for them you two up here you're supposed to come pray Yep, yes and yes I don't know why I just you, you two are supposed to come pray so I'm calling you out so we're just going to ask Holy Spirit would you come Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. We're just going to wait a minute. And young people, you might feel something in your body. You might feel something in your chest. You might feel, and it's more than just nerves, um, you might sense God kind of touching you, and sometimes that has like a physical response to it. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? Come, Holy Spirit. Rest on this next generation, God. Call them, Lord Jesus. Lord, let them know. Lord, I ask just even right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, any barrier to them knowing who you are and what you've called them to, Lord God. Lord, any kind of hindrance or barrier to you Uh, moving in them and through them, Lord, we just ask that that would be removed right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just release every blessing on them, Lord God. Lord, just as we were singing, Lord Jesus, Lord, would you bless them, Lord? Bless them, Lord Jesus. Bless them in their relationships, Lord God. Bless them with the people that they surround themselves with, Lord Jesus, Lord. Bless them in their spirit, Lord. When they call on your name, Lord, would you quickly respond to them? Lord, I ask that you would reveal yourself to them right now in the name of Jesus, that you would be revealed. Reveal yourself to them, Lord God. Show yourself to them, Lord Jesus. Lord, would the power of your Holy Spirit rest on them, Lord God. And be with them, Lord Jesus. Be with them, Lord. Lord, in those spaces, in those times, Lord, when it's quiet, Lord, would your voice speak to them, Lord God. Um, I don't know which one of you this is, but um, when you were littler than you are now, um, you prayed for somebody to be healed, and God healed them. And God wants you to remember that that happened, that that was real, and that you prayed and God answered. And God wants you to remember that right now. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we speak blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak your blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you move in them and through them? Just come, Lord. Come, Lord. Um, and I don't know which one of you this is for as well, but Sometimes you wrestle with um, doubt. Um, is God even real? This is kind of weird. This is more something my parents do than something I do. Um, and God just wants you to know that he sees that, and it's okay, and it's normal, and he is going to reveal himself to you. And um, he is going to show himself to you. Even if it's not today, there, there is a point coming where God is going to in a really big way reveal himself to you Um, and so just God just wants to kind of I guess he wants to encourage you that those those doubts and those worries and those thoughts are okay Um, but that God is with you and he sees you and so it's all right so Lord we just thank you for these young people Lord God We thank you that you see them, that you care for them, that you love them, Lord God. That they're yours, Lord Jesus. And Lord, that you have something special for them. Lord, that you have a call on their life, Lord God, to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Sean, why don't you guys go through that one more time while they're kind of finishing up and then we'll we'll kind of go from there. I'm just going to let's just let this happen. <laughs>
2: So I'm sharing this, even though I don't want to be standing in front of you guys. Um, this song hits a little different for me because the words of that bridge, um, uh, "May His favor be upon you in a thousand generations," has been hard words to, for me to hear because the generations I come from are so tainted. But I just want to encourage anyone that also has those feelings that the work you're doing right now. The work you're doing to move forward from the generations in which you came from makes a difference, and then that's going to move on to your children. So the work you're doing now is going to affect the future. So <laughs> so Jesus, I just pray that anyone that is struggling with the generations in which they came from or the lies in which they believe moving forward, God, that you would silence them in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray power and anointing over their future and their present, Jesus, that they would continue to move forward in the healing that you have for them so that there are a thousand generations of powerful men and women that are to come, Jesus. And even the one right now, Jesus, I pray freedom over lies and bondage in the name of Jesus, especially lies and torment in the mind, Father God. I pray freedom right now, Jesus. Pray peace over hearts and minds. In Jesus' name.
0: you remember that in battle the worship people went first so in the word the worship people went first so let's go let's do our part just from us, but from those we're interceding for. Let fear fall off. Let us walk in your power. Let us walk in your grace. Let us walk in your mercy. Let us walk in knowing that we are part of your kingdom. That you are bigger than all. That you see it all. You see in the darkness. You see what we're going through. You see it all. And you promise to walk us through. So, Father, I just ask that fear would fall. Fall off. Fall into the swine and make them run over the cliff and die. Lord, that we would have peace. That we would have peace. That peace that you promise us beyond our circumstances.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: In Jesus' name, mm-hmm.
3: amen. Away. This world is fading away, right? Uh, the Bible says that We live in this present evil age. But there's a kingdom coming, right? God's kingdom is coming. Jesus' rule and reign is coming. And He's going to take care of everything, right? He's going to take care of everything. We hang on, we pray. We press in. We ask God to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. But one day, it's all going to end. And Jesus is going to come back and rule and reign. Evil will be defeated once and for all. And I don't know. When when God created the heavens and the earth and he created man, he put him in a garden, right? But when he comes back, we're gonna be in a city. God is about community. God is about family. God is about generations. That's his promise. So let's hang on to it. Amen?
4: Good morning. <laughs> Isn't God so good? Um, so we have some announcements for you this morning. Uh, my brother's going to go first here. Go
1: ahead. I'm just going to be loud. So there's a men's breakfast this coming Saturday. If you're a dude, show up 9 o'clock up in the tap room. Last time was awesome.
4: Be there. There's lots of bacon that they don't share with women. They didn't share. I was, they didn't want to share. Um, so the next, we, uh, do I push it? So I'm just going to tell you about youth group. We have some really exciting things going on with our teenagers. Um, for those of you that have junior high, sixth, seventh, eighth, high schoolers, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Um, we would love for them to show up. Um, our next youth group is Saturday, March 19th at 3 p.m. We've been having a lot of fun. It's been pretty chill and mellow. Uh, I think last week we duct taped a couple kids, not last week, but the last one. We duct taped a couple kids to the table to see if we can make them stay, and then we flipped the tables up, and they stuck. It was really fun. Um, so come if you have teenagers. And I, um, come. We have a lot of fun. Um, we used to do short message and community. We have snacks. It's a lot of fun. We do kind of crazy fun stuff. So if you're interested, we would love to have you join us. Our next announcement... just a little preview. Uh, For those of you that were here during Harvest um, Festival, we are going to be doing a smaller version of that here in the building on Easter. So we are going to be announcing that. If you have friends that have kids, invite them to come. We're going to be having a fun Easter egg hunt, um, face painting, a photo booth, snacks. There'll be snacks for adults as well. We're just going to have it. So if you have friends that do not have a place that they go to service on Easter, invite them. Let this be, like, a space for us to just um, invite our people and let them hear the message about Jesus. So, that's all.
1: All right. Thank you, Kat. All right. So, men's breakfast coming this Saturday. Youth group the following Saturday. And then Easter. We celebrate that each year. Easter is our most important holiday as far as observance or festival I like the word festival. Festival's is a fun word. Our most important festival is followers of Jesus because the resurrection of Jesus is literally the most important event in human history. Yes, Michelle? Yes. Yes, yeah, so I was, yeah, I'm headed there. So, yeah, um, so we are going to, and I think we're probably going to wait until like the first week of April. We're going to flip service around where we start with the message, we're going to do announcements, Um, somebody, myself or someone else is going to teach, and then we're going to have um, an extended time of worship and ministry. So we're kind of, the way service kind of goes right now, we're going to flip that so it goes the other way. Um, Our intention is, and our our hope is that um, we just have a little more space Um, to pray for people, to ask God to heal folks, for God to do some extended ministry, Um, and then we don't, like with me today, I'm going to probably cut out a few slides, because God was doing stuff, which we want, so we're just wanting to make sure we have some extra space for that, so yeah, that is something that um, is going to be changing, I'm thinking we're probably going to do that about April, um, like maybe the first, starting in April, So yeah, there will be a flip over, and we're going to keep talking about it. We'll keep talking about it as we get closer. Also, for those of you who weren't here last week, um, this summer, Dusty's going to be taking a short sabbatical and then coming back. I will be coming back. It's not going to be like all those other sabbaticals you saw that, you know, those of us who were here, we know that's not happening. Okay, (laughs) I'll be back. Whether you want me to or not, I will be back. So that's going to be happening this summer as well. Okay, that's all the announcements. I'm going to pray real quick just to ask the Holy Spirit to help me get my head kind of focused back in from everything we just had happen. So, ah, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you open up your word to us this morning? As we learn about your journey here on earth, God, Lord, we know that the ultimate revelation of God to us was in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you for incarnating and becoming human and walking this earth so that we could know you better. Jesus, we are forever grateful for all you did for us. Lord, may we be good students of what you came here to teach us. Lord, may we be submitted to your spirit. Amen. So, Luke 4, is it not, did I lose something here? I might have. It is a pretty picture. Okay. Thankfully, the technology person is the one who happens to be talking today. So, (laughs) it's always a good thing. Um, Luke 4, 16 through 30 is what we're going to be discussing this morning. And last week we talked about, we kind of touched on the temptation of Jesus in the desert and how he defeated what? Uh, And there's a women's retreat coming up. There's flyers in the back. Pick one up. All right. There it is. Okay. So many squirrels. (laughs) Is there anything else before I get started? Anyone? Anyone? All right. Lord Jesus, I need you. Come find me. (laughs) If you want to take me home now, I'm good. No, I'm just, I joke. I kid. It's just a joke. I don't mean that in any way, shape, or form. Lord, you know my whole physical stuff, so let's just remember that's a joke. He knows my heart, right? Yeah. Um, so Luke 4. We're going to be reading 16 through 30. So beginning at verse 16, it says this. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue as he always did on the Sabbath day. When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. I just want to stop there for a moment. Jesus went to church. Huh. Okay, continuing on. (laughs) So when Jesus went in the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the scroll of prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and read where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be the hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. After he read this, he rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the minister and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. Then he added, These scriptures came true today in front of you. Everyone was so impressed by how well Jesus spoke, and in awe of the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. But they were surprised at his presumption to speak as a prophet. So they said among themselves, who does he think he is? This is Joseph's son, who grew up here in Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I suppose you'll quote me the proverb, Doctor, go and heal thyself before you try to heal others. And you'll say, work the miracles here in your hometown that we heard that you did in Capernaum. But let me tell you that no prophet is welcomed or honored in his own hometown. Isn't it true that there are many widows in the land of Israel during the days of the prophet Elisha when he locked up the heavens for three and a half years and brought devastating famine over all the land? But he wasn't sent to any of the widows living in that region. Instead, he was sent to a foreign place, to a widow in Zarephath of Sidon. Or have you not considered that the prophet, prophet Elisha healed only Naaman, the Syrian, rather than one of the many Jewish lepers living in the land? When, Jesus, when everyone present heard these words, they erupted with a furious rage. They mobbed Jesus And threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the cliff on the hill on which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off. But he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. I want to just pull out a couple of points here. Verses 14 and 15 say this, that Jesus, armed with the Holy Spirit's power, returned to Galilee. His fame had spread throughout the region. He was teaching in the synagogue, and they glorified him. And then it's funny, as we were reading this, right? So they're like, wow, this is amazing. This guy can really teach. This is beautiful, the way he speaks and what he said. There was obviously like Jesus had a gift to be able to speak where, where people wanted to listen. And then all that went out the window when he said something they didn't like. Because then it goes on, when everyone present heard those words, they erupted in a furious rage. And they mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the hill outside the city. But he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. Here's how I see this in my head. I'm a fan of action movies. I like action movies. I imagine this crowd was like, you know when the dude like blows something up and then walks away and doesn't turn around? And just lets the explosion happen behind him as he's walking away. That's how I imagine this scene in my head. Like Jesus, these guys all mobbed Jesus. They took him to the edge of the cliff. They were going to throw him off the cliff. And somehow he just walks through them. Doesn't even look back and just keeps walking through them and nobody could touch him. Because his time hadn't come. It wasn't time for Jesus to die here. Even though they had something different planned for him. I, just, I think it's a beautiful image of Jesus speaking the truth that was in Scripture and saying, here's the prophet Isaiah. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said, which we're, I'm going to get to in a minute. I'm going to read those verses again from Isaiah. But here's what Isaiah said, and then this is revealed here in me. But that's not really what got them super upset. What got them super upset is when he was saying that the Jewish God, that their God, was for Gentiles too. Let's jump into this. So the scriptures that Jesus read that set people off was verses 18 and 19 that we read here today. But it's from Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. And Jesus is applying these scriptures to himself. Now, every Jewish person, especially those who were attending synagogue, they knew about Messiah. They knew who Messiah was going to be, that he was going to come and save the people of Israel, that the the Hebrew, the Jewish people were going to be saved by this Messiah. 61, 1 through 2 of Isaiah says this, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So let's talk a little bit about this. What do you think the good news is that is going to the poor? What would be good news to you if you don't have any money, if you don't have any resources? Let's say you're living in hunger on the street, or you don't have shelter. Your life's just really like challenging. What would good news to you be? Just something I want you to kind of consider. Who do you think these captives are that are going to be released? I think it's both literal and figurative. Uh, my friend Elena talked a little bit about this morning. Some of us are captive the things that went on in our family. I've I've felt that captivity in my own life before. Some of those generational things that tie us up, some of those generational things that that carry over, that kind of trip us up or slow us down or cause us difficulty. We can be free from that. And then I think literal captives as well. I think about Paul when he was in prison and he was miraculously released by God. What do you think this meant for those people of that time? What might it mean for us? Now, here today, who are the people who are blind, both then and now? Again, I think this is both literal and figurative. What about the oppressed? What might freedom mean to them? Shana was mentioning earlier about our, our friends in Ukraine and the whole country of it. Makes me think about that. Like, they are being oppressed. They didn't ask for any of this. Literally, like me showing up to George and starting to throw him around. I know, George, sorry, you're small, so I used you as a, You're small now. Later, you're going to be bigger than me. I know this. But, like, if I just grabbed George and started tossing George around, which has happened before because he's my buddy, um, like, there's not a lot he can do. Kind of big, I'm a little bit stronger. It's a little bit what's happening. So if I was oppressing him, what would freedom from that mean? What would it mean to them? And so we have promises in Scripture that God cares about those things, that God cares about the poor, that God wants to heal the blind, that those who are under oppression, that those who are tied up, that are bound up, that people who have stuff that they just can't seem to get past, that in Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, with Father God, like, giving his blessing over us being free, that that freedom can happen for us. that We can be free. And I know for myself, there are areas in my life where, you know, I was just tied up with stuff. I was talking a little bit with my friend, Jose, this morning, about, like, you know, areas in our life where, like, we feel, you know, like, we're we're bound up. And then when God sets you free from that, like there's a there's a joy and a peace and a grace and just a a lightness of in my life that I didn't have before that I can have now. Cuz what does scripture say that he who God sets free is free indeed. Like it's it's not a conditional freedom. You are free you're free that's good news that's good news you guys that jesus can set us free why do you think he stresses the poor jesus does as he's talking about this and as he's reading isaiah the captive the blind the oppressed that these people will be some of the focus of his ministry what does this say to people who believe that the purpose of christians is exclusively to save souls and not worry about people's social needs. It's antithetical to what Jesus himself said. It's a both and, not an either or. Our hope here at Yakima Vineyard is to preach a whole gospel. You guys may have seen that on the front of some churches. It's a whole gospel, it's not a part gospel, it's the whole gospel. That's part of the whole gospel, everything. God wants to redeem everything. God wants to redeem poverty. God wants to redeem racism. God wants to redeem classism. God wants to redeem sex. God wants to redeem brokenness. God wants to redeem men and women and young people. God wants to redeem the environment. God wants to redeem capitalism. God wants to redeem political junk. God wants to redeem all the things. Like there is nothing God doesn't want to correct and bring into line with his will, as it is in heaven here on earth. And we, as followers of Jesus, are called to serve God, that we're first citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it tells us in Scripture, not the righteousness of the world. Righteousness that it talks about in Scripture. The righteousness that Jesus revealed to us, where all things can be redeemed. Another reason the listeners grew angry, as I mentioned before, was because Jesus was telling them that Yahweh was a God of the Gentiles as well. And the two references that are referenced here by Jesus is first Kings seventeen, one through twenty four, and second Kings five, one through fourteen. They're too long for me to read in the amount of time we have, but I wanted you to know where those are found that Jesus is referencing. And so it's in the first and second kings. So the two people who receive ministry, the first one that he talks about in first kings is the widow at Zarephath in Sidon, that's found in verse twenty-six. The second one is Naaman, the Syrian leper, which Jesus references in verse. I mean, Jesus didn't have verse twenty-seven; he was just talking. Luke was writing it, just to clarify in case anybody's curious. Um, But, like, he's referencing 1 Kings and 2 Kings, and these two Gentiles. That's what these two people had in common that Jesus referenced as they're both Gentiles. The Jewish people at that time felt that they were the special objects of God's love. And they were thrown. In modern parlance, it would be they were shook. Like, they were just stunned that Jesus would say that the prophet was sent to go and heal a Gentile passing over all the Jews. The the prophet was sent to heal Naaman, the Syrian leper, walking by all these Jewish lepers. The fact that God would come for us would care for us? I don't know about most of you all, I'm a Gentile. Like, if this wasn't good news for me, what it's saying in Scripture, I would be having a real problem. Like, I couldn't be saved because I'm not Jewish. And I've run into people today who feel like they are, or their people, or their people group, are the special objects of God's love. And here's the truth. Here's the absolute Bottom line truth. And C.S. Lewis says it really well. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, If the gospel of Jesus Christ is not good news for you, then it can never be good news for me. If the gospel of Jesus Christ is not good news for you, then it can never be good news for me. Because each and every one of us are broken and sinful and in need of a Savior. Every single one of us. And so you have never run into somebody who Jesus doesn't love and want to save. You have never looked into the face of someone who Jesus doesn't want to redeem. You have never had a cup of coffee with someone or sat in a break room with somebody. You've never been around a coworker that Jesus doesn't want in his kingdom to be one of his people, to be a brother and sister. Jesus came for all. Capital A, all, all of us. So my question today is this. Who might in our communities be the poor, the captive, the blind, or the oppressed? And how is God calling you to show them Christ's love? What are you to do? I I loved when we um, it's been a couple of years now, I guess, because there was that whole like press pause thing um, that we had for a couple of years um, when we taught through the Book of James. The Book of James is very clear. About that our faith, it's not just enough to believe, but we need to put feet to it. Now, our salvation, so I want to maybe be really clear in saying this. Our salvation is not dependent on doing stuff. On doing good things, on being a good person. Like, our our salvation is not dependent on that. Our salvation solely comes through Jesus Christ. And what he did on the cross. Like, he died for our sins. He took them upon himself. And so when the Father looks at us in our brokenness, instead he sees Jesus. Jesus bore our sin on the cross for us. However, here's my however, or my but. This might be a big but. I can't lie. Um, So a couple, James. (laughs) But in the book of James, he talks a lot about how what good is our faith if we don't do anything with it, right? What good is my faith if it just sits there? Like, let's say I had my dog, my dog Odin. I love my dog. He's an amazing dog. He wouldn't be much of a dog if all he ever did was just lay there, like, and that's it. It's, I, I may as well have a, I have a pet rock, actually. It's a really nice pet rock. I do have a pet rock but it doesn't do a lot. It just kind of lays there. I could call it a dog. I could call my pet rock a dog. It doesn't look like a dog. It doesn't act like a dog. It doesn't move like a dog. It's not furry like a dog. On the plus side, I don't have to clean up after it like I do a dog, I mean, that's good. I don't have to feed it like a dog, but like I could call it a dog, it's just not a dog. A lot of people call themselves Christians. But they don't look like, sound like, act like, or live like one. I can call myself that. But am I living that way? Am I being a Christian? Am I putting feet to what my mouth says I believe, to what my heart might believe, but am I actually putting feet to it? And so my challenge to you this morning is that Jesus, when he was talking here, referencing Isaiah, he was talking about bringing the good news to the poor, bringing the good news to the blind, bringing good news to the oppressed, actively living out our faith and our belief in Jesus. And guys, each and every one of you You're called to that. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you say Jesus is Lord, then let him be and look like it and act like it. I mean, it seems pretty simple, right? Do what you say. Act what you believe. So then let's let's do it. There's this great quote by Frederick Buechner. It says this. Your life and my life flow into each other as wave flows into wave. And unless there is peace and joy and freedom for you, there can be no real peace or joy or freedom for me. See, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called to serve one another. We are called to serve the world. Jesus says there's only two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so that part two means this that I have to care about what's happening with my neighbor. I have to care about what's going on to my coworker. I cannot just tap out on my community being destroyed. I have to, as a follower of Jesus, care and bring the kingdom of God to bear on a world that needs healing. And God. He called his people to bring the kingdom of God. To bring the kingdom of God. And I can't tell you what that means for you. But if you ask the Holy Spirit, he will. The Holy Spirit will show you. Shauna, could I get you guys to come up? You're over there. I was looking at you because you were looking at me. I don't know. You. You. Thanks, Richard. Um, We're going to do one last worship song. Um, can I have some folks who would be willing to pray? Um, Bob, Chris, would you mind coming up to pray? Andy, Michelle? Yeah, thank you. Deb and Sandy, would you guys mean be, mind being pray people? Thank you. Stalls? Thank you. I'll just invite people. Um, so specifically uh, I'm going to kind of tail end on, on what Elena shared and what Jesus was saying here in the scripture about setting the oppressed free if you're somebody who you feel like you have family junk that's still hanging on or generational stuff that's still hanging on and you would like God to help you deal with that And heal that and break that off and restore you um, I would encourage you to get prayer also if as I was talking today you were like yeah I so I heard what Dusty was saying I heard what the gospel of Luke said and I feel like I'm supposed to do something but I just I like literally don't know what like what do I do with this so if you were having that thought running through your head I would love for you to come and get some prayer with my friends and just have them join in prayer with you and seek the Holy Spirit with you.